All right, so so we're saying right now that at the end of the season that the Memphis Grizzlies are going to finish top four in the West. I'm going She's saying to say she thinks it's a possibility. It's a high. I think the only that team is not that's not, that's not you got to give us a no I'm, or I'm yes. Gonna say, I'm going to say I'm going to go ahead and say yes. The Memphis Grizzlies. I'm going to go ahead and go out and say it again. We'll finish top four in the West. Grizzlies going to the NBA Finals, <laughs> but the Jazz? Nah, not the Jazz. What's up, what's up, and welcome to Certified Buckets, the can't-miss NBA podcast where we hit on all things hoops and culture, brought to you by Uninterrupted. I'm your girl, Ashley Nicole Moss, and as usual, I am here with Christian Winfield and Lethal Shooter. Fellas, what is going on? What's up, Ash? How you, how you living? What's going on? I'm good. It's, a, it's been a good season so far, NBA. You know, Facts. I'm a Knicks fan, so we know how that goes. I'm also a Cowboys fan, <laughs> so we know how that goes. It's been a lot of up and down for me. But, you, you chose <laughs> you know? this life for yourself. You know I chose saying? this life. You, you Actually, went with no, the two it chose, most. It chose me. I didn't you, have a choice. You chose the two most toxic fan bases. I <laughs> didn't. My dad pushed them on These me as facts. a baby. Yeah. I grew up like this. These are it's, facts. Yeah. It's the most toxic relationship I have in my life. I don't know why he did this to me. Lethal, what's good with you, doing? bro? I'm good. Just chilling. You know, excited to be on here with you, you both and talk about sports. Listen, Lethal's <laughs> like, I got someone important that I got to train after right. this, so I'm going to need y'all to we just try. We up. just try to get on Lethal level out here. This is the he's Lethal actually, Shooter and Company podcast. He's recording live from Drake's basement right now. That's yeah. what he's doing. No, nah, he's recording live underwater in he's some type of underwater cavern right now, getting up jump shots. I still can't believe this man. Five plates in on Thanksgiving, getting I've jump shots seen. in, man. It don't make no sense. Listen, if you're a listener to the show, you know exactly what we're talking about. We want to go ahead and thank you for supporting us as always. Make sure you guys subscribe to our podcast wherever you happen to be listening. Get at us on social media at Certified Buckets. There's no vowels in the word buckets because we're too cool for all of that. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you interact with us because you might hear your comments on the next show. All right, fellas, so we're about a quarter of a way through the NBA season, and we've gotten our share of drama and surprises. Now, it's too early. This is not really where teams start separating themselves from the pack, but I think we can start making some predictions about who's going to look like what. So Mm. we're going to go ahead and look into our crystal balls. I'm going to tap into my psychic abilities that I feel like I have. We're going to shake our magic eight balls. If you're a 90s kid, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Read our tarot cards, whatever we have to do to predict the future on this week's three on five. All right, y'all. Check ball. It's time for us to go three on five. All right. So topic number one, we are going to start in Rip City, where a recent article by The Athletic not only has Damian Lillard frustrated with his team's play, but apparently he would not mind having Ben Simmons as his new sidekick. Now, at this moment, the Blazers are sitting at 11 and 14 and they are ranked dead last in defense and are now in absolute disarray after firing their now former GM, Neil Olshay. So Christian, looking into your crystal ball and making some predictions, are Dame and Ben playing on the same team after the trade deadline, if so, in what city? No, they're not playing with each other after the trade deadline. And I say that because they wouldn't be playing in Philly together, right? Because that means you have to trade Joel Embiid, which is just a non-starter, right? That's not happening. And if you're trading Ben Simmons to the Trailblazers to play with Damian Lillard, number one, I don't think that's enough to get you over the hump, given mm-hmm. what you have to get give up to get him. And, and number two, the Trailblazers need to understand that it's just time for them to blow it up, right? And, and when I say blow it up, what do I mean? I mean, you trade everybody. You trade everybody that can get back stars, get back draft assets, get back any young players, and you punt for five years and you start over. I, I think yeah. that's what time it is because reshuffling the pieces we've seen, that that's really not going to work unless you have a roster that's built to support that or unless you have stars already in place. It's clear, at least in mm-hmm. my opinion, that Damon and CJ aren't going to work. And, I, and just from what we've seen from Ben Simmons, 
you know, in the moments where it matters. I don't think he's that guy. Yeah. I don't think he's your Robin. So, you know, I think Dame can be that 1A star. I think we've seen him be that star. But at this point, he needs to be very intentional about that second star that he plays with that I don't think Ben Simmons is that guy for him. I think their timelines are completely off. And, and I think Dame should have more urgency than trying to play with Ben Simmons. So it's a no for me. Yeah. Lethal, now before I go to you, I just want to say, like, you know, CJ is a great guy. You know, he works hard and you, he he puts the work in on the court. It just, the chemistry just has not worked, at least, you know, in recent seasons. And it's unfortunate because he is a team guy. He does love Portland. He does love playing with Dame. He is a guy who's willing to do the work. But like you said, it just has not worked. Now, Lethal, I want to ask you, the article also suggests that the locker room is frustrated with new head coach Chauncey Billups. And Billups oh, actually came out and, and had a quote, and it says, I've never seen a team that needs to bench its starters to inspire them. That shit is crazy to me. It's supposed to be the other way around. Now, as a Knicks fan, I find that funny, but, mm. you know, this is not about me right now. <laughs> I have to ask you, Lethal, how can Chauncey, if this is true, if the locker room frustration with him is true, how can he get this team back? Well, you know, he's a new coach. He's starting to get the chemistry. Guys are starting to get to know him. But most importantly, he played the game. So, you know, he's coming from a passion standpoint. And um, the players... Today's players aren't really as passionate as the old guys. You know, the old guys mm. were different about the way they play the game. And, and, and I'm not in the Blazers locker room, but I could I can't understand where he's probably coming from that, you know, so, some stuff is a little bit more given to these NBA players now. So they're a little bit more lax sometimes and they always want to sometimes take the escape route. And he's probably frustrated because he's played the game. He's watching from a lens, not just as a coach, but somebody that, you know, won, a, won an NBA championship. Mm -hmm. um, and for and for a coach like him to say that, he's not just going to randomly say that to try to save his job because, I mean, he, he's already rich. He's, he loves the game. And for a player to come back to be a coach, um, that just shows how much he wants to be around the game. So we could say that he's not one of those coaches that's just trying to make an excuse and blame it on the players. And that sounds like somebody needs to motivate this team and get them going. I'm not trying to say that Dame can't do that but somewhere somehow uh like what Chris said this is not the right team that has been put together and it's time to blow this team up and uh just start from scratch and there's nothing wrong with that you know because no, not at all yeah yeah because you can build around Dame I love CJ like you said he's a great guy but you know um for some weird reason um him and Dame are working great together so I feel like it's time to blow this up because, I mean, Portland has a lot of great potential. The area is a great, great place to be. And I think um, I think Chauncey Billups can potentially be a good coach. But we're definitely going to see. But, you know, all respect to Ben. I don't think Ben is the, the winning recipe to the team. I think it's interesting, too, because, I mean, we bring this up and I, I brought up the Knicks and I was being facetious, but I was also being serious. We've seen this situation in New York where, the bench is outplaying the starters. You know, the bench is mm. hungrier. The bench is keeping the team in games and keeping them close, even games that they lose. And you're kind of seeing that same situation in Portland. Obviously, starters are the foundation of any team. They're the ones who, at the mm. end of the day, you're supposed to be able to rely on when things are close down the stretch, when, you know, in the clutch, things like that. But when they aren't, is that more speaking about the team's chemistry or is that speaking more about the coach? I, I would say the team chemistry, it's not the coach's job to put the battery pack in you. So like the coach, if you're a professional, you you shouldn't have somebody um, have to hoorah, hoorah to get you going mm -hmm. to, to get you to play basketball. And like I said, you know, I, I love all the guys um, that I watch on TV, but some of these guys now, you have to do so much to try to get them to, to play hard. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in today's era in sports, uh, the old guys, they're they're a little, you know, they were raised different. They played different, so they they're, they get frustrated, and that's why sometimes being a player and then transitioning to a coach is kind of hard because mm. you know Chauncey, y'all know, y'all know the era he grew up in. He was a hard nosed basketball player, so if he comes in the locker room and guys aren't going hard, he's gonna cuss them out. He's and just to see if he's getting a reaction, I and mean, you could just tell he's just frustrated. And um, it's gonna take a certain type of player to play with a, a coach that won an NBA ring, you know. Christian, I'm going to, uh, before I let you, you know, give your feedback on that, I want to give you these numbers. The home record for the Trailblazers right now, 10 and 4, so decent, mm. you know, actually really good. Their road record, 1 and 10. Yeah. They've won one game on the road. 
speak on it. Well, number one, I never really thought they were that good, right? I think they peaked not too long ago when they went to the Western Conference Finals, but we knew, right, that that was kind of their ceiling. And, but I, I think more than that, you know, when, when you just look at this team and you look at the way that they started the season, right, I, I think they're frustrated because they knew this was going to happen, right? We had Damian Lillard mm. trade rumors at the beginning of the year, kind of like we had James Harden trade rumors before the season even started in Brooklyn a couple of years ago. You know, then you bring in a head coach. You're saying that you want to win a championship or you want to make a serious playoff push, but now you're bringing in a, a basically a rookie head coach, right? Like, like what, what are you guys actually really trying to do? You know, and I think they're stuck there. It's like, yeah, you have this superstar, right? They, You got to do what the Charlotte Hornets did. The Charlotte Hornets realized, yeah, we're not winning the ring with Kemba. It's time to just let him go, right? Oh, and, but Kemba. they didn't, but they didn't, what, what the Charlotte Hornets didn't do is they didn't trade, right? They let him walk away. The, well, obviously, the Trailblazers are past that. They extended Dame, but you got to get something for him. You have to realize the window has closed, uh, and it's time to realize that. It's, don't, don't, you know what I'm saying, reshuffle the pieces. Just blow it up and build something from scratch. Yeah, I mean, look, Dame can save himself from this. We, we say it all the time. <laughs> save yourself, Dame. You don't Facts. have to live this life. There's greener pastures you in the NBA You don't have to do this, you. Dame. You don't have to do this, Dame. You do not have to do this. But we're going to go ahead and move on to topic number two because that we do have to do. Now, listen, mm. the Golden State Warriors avenged their loss to the Suns last week and for the time being have claimed back their title as the best team in the league. I mm -hmm. mean, Steph is playing incredible basketball. And in addition to the reinforcements they have coming with Clay and James Wiseman set to make their season debuts soon, it still hasn't stopped NBA fans and media from thinking of trade scenarios to possibly make the currently best team in the NBA practically perfect. Now, mm. there have been rumors that have linked Golden State to possibly trading for players like Sabonis mm. or finding a way to land Ricky Rubio, who mm. just blew up MSG when he showed up. Lethal, what do your magic cards, your prediction cards say about the Golden State Warriors making a splash by the trade deadline? Now, some of the other names linked to the Warriors, Kelly Olynyk from the Pistons, Christian Wood from the Rockets, Buddy Heald, who's been trying to get out of Sacramento since the beginning of time. Corey Joseph also from the Pistons. I feel like, you know, this is one of the best starts like you guys know in franchise history and all due respect to all the people you're naming, but you know, they, they don't need to bring none of those guys in. Um, th this team is already loaded enough. This team has the pieces um, and don't change what's working. Don't bring in guys that's playing in other systems right now on losing teams, by the way, um, to a team <laughs> that's, that's doing what they're doing right now, you know, and uh, I feel like Clay. Um, Clay's going to come back like we always say. We've been saying this since the beginning of our podcast. If Clay just comes back at 70%, we don't need him coming back being Clay, scoring 30 in the quarter. Just come back, spread the floor so three people aren't checking Steph Curry when he's coming across half. And then Wiseman, just get rebounds, block shots, run the floor. And it's crazy that we're saying this, but, I mean, if they just do that on top of how, how um, Steph's already playing and how Draymond's playing, I mean, this team has the potential to win a championship. No, nah, man. They, I said this yeah. at the beginning of the season, and people <laughs> said I was crazy because everybody, and rightfully so, were on the Lakers train and the Bucks train right. and the Nets train. But yeah, everybody forgot about the Golden State Warriors These and a duo known as the Splash Brothers. I mean, Clay Thompson is on his boat during at sunset in a Hawaiian shirt with a leather jacket on <laughs> in the middle of the bay. Going <laughs> okay? crazy. The man, the man is coming crazy. back with a vengeance. I am telling you, I don't know if you guys saw that video of him shooting or, or getting up shots, you know, pregame during warmups. Um, I think it was a video while he was in the G League. I mean, he looks ready to go right now. Obviously, doctors and, and physicians and trainers know better than I do. I am not a doctor. Sometimes I play one on TV, but that's as far as I go. He looks like he is ready to go right now. And if that is any indication of the Clay Thompson that we are going to see when he does return, hopefully Christmas, if not early in the new year, oh, the league, the league is in trouble. It's scary hours. To quote James Harden, it is scary hours. 100%. And um, I'm kind of, I'm going to agree with Lethal here. I don't think the Warriors need anything else. I think they're good. You know, you look, I think they're I think they're deep. I think they've, they've, they can play a bunch of different ways depending on the guys who are available. I think you add Clay back to that mix and number one, your defense just shoots up and becomes better. Even if he's not as mobile, he's just smart. He knows how to defend. Um, And the second, I mean, 
leave them open. You can't do it, right? You might as well just ask yourself to get subbed out of the game. Um, and then on, on top of that, you got James Wiseman. And James Wiseman adds just a different dynamic to what that offense can do. I mean, he only played a little bit, uh, I believe, last season. But just watching how how dominant he could be on the interior in the little bit of time mm-hmm. that he was on the floor, I'm like, nah, the Warriors look for real. Um, so I was going to say they should trade for Kemba Walker. But I, I don't think they should. I don't think they need him. I was going to joke. Listen, leave Kemba out of the joke. <laughs> Kemba's right? my guy. A, you know what he's I'm going saying? through a tough time. I'm he needs sorry, to be. Kemba. He needs to be re- rejuvenated somewhere else. It ain't. It ain't happening at home. Look how home did him. Home did him dirty. Put him on the it's, bench. I don't. It makes me sad to talk about it. I, Put him on the this. bench. Forgot about him. <laughs> Ashley was so happy when Kemba's coming. I was now so set my happy. Man. The hometown kid. Listen, I love those type of stories. I was so geeked when Melo came back. And look how they yeah, did the Melo. Whole- Look, it'd be your own people. Listen, it'd be your own people, really. But I think the cool thing about Golden State, and we talk about this all the time, um, and Letha, I want to get your opinion on this, is this is not a quote-unquote super team. I think Mm -hmm. we've been in an era where we've seen some of the biggest names in basketball join together in hopes of winning a championship. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Golden State is showing that you can still grow guys from the ground up within the organization and be a really good basketball team. Because on paper, there's only three guys that are big names, if, if we're being fair. And that's not to disrespect anybody, but when we talk about tiers in the NBA, there's only three of the guys on that team that are in a certain tier. The rest fall under them. But this is still a really good basketball team. Do you think that this is going to kind of set the blueprint to, to rewind the, the hands of time, if you will, and get back to an age where the super teams no longer exist? No, absolutely. And the one thing we can say about the Warriors, they do a good job of developing their players. Um, You know, Jordan Poole, to me, right now, if he was on another team and they gave him the green light, I think he could average about 22-plus points in the NBA. Like, he's a diaper dandy. And um, I just feel like, you know, the Warriors do a good job of putting people in the system that fit. You know, some some of these players come from teams where they look like misfits, and as soon as they come to the Mm. Warriors, they're a perfect fit. And a great example is Gary Payton Jr., like, you know, he's been bouncing around the NBA. He comes right to the Warriors. Now he's a he's a household name, you know, and all he's doing, not just all, but it's a huge thing to win a championship. He's playing great defense, slashing to the basket, running the floor for Steph. Because as a shooter, if Steph Curry's coming down in transition and the defense is trying to key in on Steph, but Gary Payton Jr. is running full speed, the defense has to drop back further because if not, if they don't, uh, Steph Curry could throw the chest or bounce pass for Gary to get the dunk. So when you add certain players that's not always superstars to certain superstars around them. They can win. So I'm glad the NBA is starting to take this turn again. Um, it was fun while it lasted, but, you know, it wasn't fun to watch. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I want to get back to uh, guys developing themselves. Like, you know, just like you're saying with the Blazers, like how, how long did they try with some of those players? Like if it doesn't work, then blow it up. I mean, let's try to develop these guys. If it doesn't work, move on. And I think the Warriors – they, they do a good job of putting guys in the system to, to get them better. So shout out to the, My, the player, player development there. Michael Beasley had a really funny quote when he was on the Knicks, and he said, it's been fun, it's been real, but it hasn't been real fun. <laughs> <laughs> Lethal, did you, did you use the word, the term diaper dandy? Yeah, I was, I was, I did that because you know uh, Dick Vitale. He just came back. He beat cancer, man. So hey. yes, he did. Yeah, I looked up to him, and um, I said today I'll, I'll say that one time because he he used to get me going when I was a kid watching college basketball. Yeah, I was very happy to hear the news about Dick. Fire. Um, listen, ball's not the same without him. We couldn't afford to lose another legend, Facts. so I'm I'm very happy to see him doing well, and I hope that his recovery is is smooth sailing and he has a clean bill of health from this point forward. So shout out to him and his family for sure. 100%. Uh, real quick, before we move on, you know, with the Warriors, um, I, I was obviously able to watch them come to Barclays Center and really just hand it to the Nets. Um, hand and, to them. Yeah, Say it, it was again. bad. It was bad. <laughs> it, was, it was very bad. And, and Steve Nash, after that game, you know, obviously we had, to, we had to turn the heat up. I was like, yo, you know, you guys have struggled to beat some of the elite teams in the NBA. You mm. know what I'm saying? What do you think the, the, the cause for that is? And he goes, hey, I don't think we are an elite team in the NBA yet, right? And when you say that with two superstars on your roster against a team with Steph 
And, and you know what I'm saying? Obviously, you have Draymond, but, like, Steph is the, the lone superstar on that team right now. And it just goes to show you that, you know what I'm saying, before Kevin Durant came to the Warriors, the, the Warriors were still a championship team before that. They had Harrison Barnes, right? They had that deep cast, and we were able to put it together. So I'm not necessarily surprised. I think it's just kind of a reminder that, like, once you have that culture in place and once you have those yeah. core players, you can kind of plug and pick different guys to fit in. And um, I think that's what we've seen from them. It's, it's just like a masterclass in team building and, and, and organizational structure. Like, I love what they're doing. All right. So for a few years now, the Utah Jazz have gotten the hopes up of not only their fans, but savvy media members picking them as their Western Conference darling. However, the team has fallen short of expectations for a variety of different reasons. But most notably last season, dropping a series in six games to the Kawhi-less Los Angeles Clippers. But right now they are currently sitting at 16 and 7 and the Jazz have put themselves right back in the conversation as contenders. Christian, after shaking your magic eight ball and looking into your crystal ball, will this season end in disappointment for the Jazz or is this the real deal? I think we're going to see the Jazz in the Western Conference Finals this year. Whether they make Ooh. it to the NBA Finals, I think that remains to be seen. But I think that we're, we're starting to see these well-constructed teams starting to kind of one-up the teams that were built on straight superstar power, right? Because for a while, it's been, okay, well, what are you going to do when you reach LeBron, when you hit LeBron, when you hit AD in that series? What are you going to do? Mm. Well, there's no guarantee you're going to have to run into LeBron and AD anymore, right? Because they might they might take care of themselves. And in a world where you don't have that same level of healthy fear for those superstars, a team like the Jazz could come in and, and sneak four games out of six and be like, oh, bye-bye, right? So I, I, don't, I don't see any reason why they can't do that um, I think for them to do that, Donovan Mitchell is going to have to take one more step in terms of play. I know we've seen him do so much into that franchise, asking him to do so much, but he's going to have to do it, right? But other than that, once you look around the team that he has, I mean, they got guys that go out there, play defense. You got Rudy Gobert, obviously. You got guys that are shooting the ball. Uh, you got yeah. Mike Conley back there to help you. I don't see why. I don't see any reason why. Because for them, it's always been Two okay. Two guys you have they were a, desperately missing, Conley yeah. and... and- Obviously, Spider last season. Yeah, I, I feel like for, for Utah, it's always been, okay, you have a great team, but what happens when you bump into that superstar that you can't stop, right? And right now, it seems like, aside from Steph, right, the West is wide open. If you have a a, a greatly constructed team, I think you might be able to go get, you know what i You might be able to go to go into Phoenix and win a game or two, right? You might be able to, yeah. you could beat anybody, right? So I'm, I'm feeling the Jazz. I think it's been a long time coming for them, and they've been flirting with this, and now now they actually get to take it home. Listen, Not a and championship, they are, but the Western Conference and, Finals. And they are a great team because right now they're ranked second in points per game with 114. First in three-pointers made per game in 15.6. First in three-pointers attempted at 42. And third in shooting percentage at 47%. Mm. So very high numbers. Top, you know, the upper echelon of the NBA where a lot of teams would hope to have you know, a stat line like that. Letha, are you buying what the Jazz are selling or do you think this is just another case of they look hot in December, but come April, it all falls down? Shout out to Kanye. Man, I don't know if they have a shooting coach or whatever, but those numbers are ridiculous. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't even know that. So shout out to the Utah Jazz for that. My goodness. But, um, uh-oh. Uh-oh. I don't know. Uh -oh. I think his crystal ball is a little cloudy over there. I don't see them making it to the Western Conference Finals yet because, I mean, they, all due respect, they just always let me down every year, you know? Yeah. And, and I feel like, like you said, man, we're putting so much <laughs> Lisa pressure. Lisa says he has PTSD with the we're, Jazz. We're putting so much pressure on Spider-Man. It's like, yeah. come on, bro. How much more can he do what he did last year, bro? It was insane. Like, he was like a superhero. Yeah. And they still lost. And I feel like they need to get a little bit more out of their players. Like, I love Conley. I love Rudy Gobert. I love all those guys. Like, they're great. But it's just like, for some weird reason, and like, regular season in the playoffs is different. It's like, those big games is always something, you know what I mean? So I yeah. feel like it, it, it would be hard for me to make that decision right now. And I just can't go with them right now. I, I love the way they're playing, especially what do you the think ball. They're missing? Probably. I, I love Conley. I love all of the players they have around Spider, but I think they're missing like that other score like him. Like it's like, Mm. They're good in that system, but they don't have the, the somebody can just get a bucket anytime they want except him to me. If if you guys think mm. I'm wrong. That sounds to me like they need to play Zaire Wade some minutes. What's up? <laughs> Go Zaire in the game. <laughs> Let that boy cook. Yeah. Listen, well, it's definitely going to be interesting because, you know, like 
we were saying Utah has always had high expectations. It seems every single season and in some way, shape or form, obviously injuries are, are, you know, the killer and you can't really, you're not in control of that. Unfortunately, and what happened to them last season, not only losing spider, but then also losing Conley when it really counted was just detrimental to the rest of their postseason. There was really nothing that they could do. They were out there fighting for their lives and just did not have enough. So, you know, health provided, this is a team that, look, they play well together. Like Christian said, the West is wide open. The Lakers don't look so hot. They're trying to figure themselves out. Yeah. The Clippers still don't have Kawhi. That changes the game. If he comes back, obviously, that's a different conversation. Like we said, Trailblazers don't look so great. There's a lot of teams, you know, out in the West that aren't looking amazing, but a team that is looking incredible. Topic number four. The Memphis Grizzlies Yo. are 5-0 and without the superstar that is Ja Morant. Now, listen, Ja gets all the headlines. He gets all the credit. He gets all, you know, the highlights on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. But this team is loaded with young talent, most notably Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson Jr. are mm-hmm. kind of taking the reins while their star point guard heals from a left knee injury. They are currently sitting at the fourth seed with a record of 14 and 10. Now, I need your magic ball, Lethal, to tell Mm. me whether or not this team is for real because I'm excited. I like watching them. But what does your intuition say about the Grizzlies? Are they a top four seed? Is this a team playoff worthy of home court advantage? Or is this just their moment in the sun where all the stars are aligning? (coughs) Fakers. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, what was that? I'm sorry, my my <laughs> Whoa. I love the Memphis Grizzlies. And the one thing I want you to know is if 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 I was just a regular fan, I would be like that super fan for John Morant. Like I'm talking about like that, like standing outside the games, trying to get his autographs, throw me your shoes, give me your headband. That's how much I love John fan Morant's boy, game. Fan like, boy. I'm a fan for him. Like I love his passion. I love how he plays with that grit. He plays with that toughness. I love everything about that team. You know, like, I love him. I'm just not so yet. Not yet. You know what I mean? Not just wow. yet. You know, not, I'm not saying that they aren't headed in the right direction because the one thing all of us can agree on, since day one, we've all said that they were going to be a good team. We've all said that they were going to start taking steps in the right direction, but they have to go a little bit more longer for me to give them that, all right, they're they're there because – you know, I'm just I'm just not sold all the way in yet. And and that's just how I feel. But is it not impressive? I mean, first of all, they're in the Western Conference. By far. I never said it wasn't impressive, but I'm just not sold just yet because the way this NBA season is going, you see like people are going on a game winning skids and then losing the next 10 or somebody's going on a losing skid five and then they win the next 12. Like it's like it's kind of shaky right now. And I feel like the only it's only a few teams that have really showed us real consistency not saying Mm -hmm. that they haven't but i just feel like you know you know jaws out some guys are doing what they need to do once they do this with jaw in the system because just like you know let's do a let's do a scotty pippen so scotty pippen had to play next to michael jordan so michael jordan would score 28 points or whatever and scotty pippen had to get his numbers when michael jordan left scotty pippen can score more points and other guys can step up more and they can play within their groove so guys are more loose if they do this with Ja in the lineup and play the way they're playing with John ja lineup, I'm sold. I'm just not does sold the, because the, the superstar's out. Does the fact that they are five and zero without that superstar, and the fact that they are eleven and five versus the Western Conference, change your mind a little bit? I, no, it doesn't change my mind <laughs> just yet. But I do. I am. I, I I I am like like that, that's that's some big stuff. But like I said, Jaw's out. So it allows other guys to do their thing. So that shows us the potential is there. Now, mm-hmm. when the superstar comes back, if those same guys do that and they win five, ten, or whatever in a row, that shows me that this team can really get it done. Christian, what's your magic ball telling you? Top four seed is a stretch. What we're seeing from this team is kind of, I mean, look, they beat OKC by what, 73, right? I've never seen anything. Than but it's OKC. Exactly. Okay, but OKC beat. They lost 50. Am I wrong? Didn't they lose 50 to somebody <laughs> one time? Didn't we see OKC beat the Lakers? I understand that, but the all due respect to the right Lakers, now, all due respect to the Lakers, it's not like, it's, that's, the, that's the NBA right now. I'm just saying. It to is. go from beating the... 
But to go from beating the Lakers to getting whooped by 73, 73 is, is crazy. That's some that's some you wouldn't even 73 see. 73 is like you man. just stopped playing in the in the first quarter. You he said, said you know what I'm doing this 2K. anymore. <laughs> yeah, I I ain't never seen someone lose by 73 you in a video game. You don't even see game. that in 2K. They make you nah, exit the game OD. after that. Yeah, they be like are you are you still here? It's like the are Netflix you still playing? When, you, when you fall asleep. No, it's the it's the it's the image of your opponent has left the match. Like, exactly you just don't even finish. Like what's the point? But when we when we're looking at the uh the the Grizzlies and the games they won, I mean they beat the Kings by 20. I mean, Kings Luke firing Luke Walton couldn't even save them. They still getting punched right now. It's bad. But hopefully they have they have brighter futures. Um well, they beat the Raptors time, by Chris. seven. I'm tough on people, man. You got the Raptors. They beat the Raptors. I think beating the Raptors. Maybe is that's tough. why you're single. I'm just right? saying. Sheesh. What is this a relationship <laughs> podcast or is this certified buckets? What's what are we, what are we doing right both. now? We could it's a little bit of we, both. We got, that's I need a therapist for those issues. <laughs> but then we got, but here's here's where we're getting, right? We we have a, a win over the Raptors, right? The Raptors are tough. That's a tough team to beat. Beat the Mavericks, right? That's 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 a tough team. And then you mm-hmm. beat the Heat by 15. You know, I, I think we're seeing a team in, in Memphis, you know. I don't know about you guys, but I wasn't expecting the Grizzlies to beat the Warriors in that playing game, right? And and they came through, and, and not only did they beat them, they they kind of looked like they thought that they were going to win, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of showed me a team that A was ready for that stage, and B is ready to take the next step. I don't think they're a top four team in this league right now. I think the West still has to shake out. Yeah, it is. I, I do like what well, I see from them. Well, let me ask you this: you mm. you look at their you look at their stat line, ranked first in blocks per game, second in it's steals tough. per game, second in rebounds per game, and also remember yeah. we are in a situation where right now the Clippers are behind them in the Western Conference, but. That could change drastically. There's right now at 13 and 12, the Clippers are. The Mavericks 11 11, the Lakers 12 and 12. We mm. don't know if the Clippers are going to get Kawhi back this season. If they do get him back, we don't know when that will be. The Lakers are dealing with a lot. They're up and down. The Nuggets have lost Jamal Murray again due to surgery. The Mavericks, you know, you, you can always depend on Luka, but KP is always the wild card. This might be the year that it actually works out in their favor. It no, just no, no, might. No. You don't I'm think? Sorry. No, I, I you think still we're don't think see. with all the I scenarios think the Lakers I just and the mentioned. Clippers. I think the Lakers and Clippers are playing are playing far below their means right now. I think both of them, those teams, are going to end up. At least one of them is going to end up in the top four. And you've got your other top three in the Warriors, Suns, and Jazz. I'm sorry. I love the Grizzlies. I love you, Ja. You know what I'm saying? I think Ja is going to be one of the most electrifying players we've seen in this league for a while. Um, but they, they ain't there yet. They, they ain't there. That's just me, though. You know what I'm saying? I would love to say, I would love to be wrong, right? I, I think they're going to end up probably probably around six. Let's put them six. I think they'll be six to end the season. Well, listen, stay trill, stay real, stay mad. But, but don't forget, Memphis fans, we're not saying that we don't love No, we love me. y'all. I, I, yeah. I, I love Don't put me in the category because yeah, I believe yeah. in Memphis. Nah, okay? Oh, so Ashley, right now, oh, just you told me to get this on paper. Four. You think Ash. they're gonna be top four at the end of the season? Don't you don't have to do this, Ash. You've been you've been like well, the, the, the wizard of of predictions lately. Don't this. don't mess I, up. You're like I, ten I, and zero. I'm gonna tell you this. I personally think I I won't go out on a limb fully and say it, but I no, will you say got, this. If you got if you're gonna no, no, jump, I'll jump. Say this. I think it's a possibility because I, mean, I really, that's not yeah, fair. Because by no, you saying you think you think it's a possibility, I can say I think the Lakers are gonna win the championship. If they lose, it don't matter. Oh my goodness! I say the only competition I feel like if the play that they're playing right now, the style of play that they're playing, the kind of basketball they're playing continues, I think the only competition that they could have for that fourth seed, realistically, are the Clippers. I don't think the Lakers finish top four of the season. I don't. I don't think the Mavericks finished top four. I think the only team that they would really right, have I got to it, battle I got it, it out I got with a are question the Clippers. For you. And, and you tell I me think, if I'm wrong. Okay. Can, if, if, are, are the Memphis... I'm, I'm just saying. Are, are the Grizzlies better than the Dallas Mavericks right now? Right now? Yes. I mean, of course, right now. But I'm saying if they play... Let's say they play seven games. They play seven games. Luka will eat them it up. Depend, it depends on which Mavericks team you get. If I get a Mavericks team that has Luka playing the way he always plays and KP, absolutely not. If it's a Luka team where it's just Luka and Porzingis is nowhere to be found, absolutely the Grizzlies could take them. Absolutely. I stand by that 100%. All right, so so we're saying right now that at the end of the season that the Memphis Grizzlies are going to finish top four in the West. I'm going She's saying to say she thinks it's a possibility. It's a high. I think the only that is team not that is a fair not, answer. You got to give us a no I'm, or I'm gonna yes. Say it. I'm going to say I'm going to go ahead and say yes. 
I think well, the only okay. team. She, I and you know you like team. ten and zero with your predictions. You've been calling stuff out ten years in advance, Listen, and you just jumped out. I know you love Jaw. I know you love Jaw. But don't I do think, this to yourself. You're like I the wizard that, of the podcast. I think that this Grizzly team has taken <laughs> the next step. I think that they are playing cohesive basketball. If they go on a five game losing streak, I'm telling you, the next podcast I'm on. <laughs> right, well, you and me I'll, both, bro. I'll take that on the chin. I'll take that on the chin. Hot take, but, ass. I will go ahead and... Grizzlies going to the NBA Finals. <laughs> but the Jazz? Nah, not the Jazz. The Memphis Grizzlies, I'm going to go ahead and go out and say it again, will finish top four in the West. I'm putting... I'm, I'm saying it. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Memphis Grizzlies. We need to have some type of tangible bet. What, what you got? Put, put a hundred on it. What's up? Listen. Put five hundred <laughs> on it. Big Ben's ass? Maybe. I'll think about it. Okay. I, 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 I mean, I can feel froggy. You know. Let's get it. <laughs> Easy money. All right, so we're talking about all the great teams and what team's going to finish in what seed. But listen, I know it's still early in the season, but topic number five, we got to be real. We don't need to be psychic to know who the bottom feeders of the league are, right? The Detroit Pistons, the New Orleans Pelicans are probably going to be in the draft lottery, hoping the ping pong balls bounce in their way, in their favor, rather. Now, in recent years, the league has adjusted the odds of the draft lottery, making it less of an incentive to tank or to lose out. So, Mm. You might be the worst team in the league, but that does not mean you are guaranteed that number one pick when it's all said and done. But we can kind of already see the future a little bit. So, Christian, who do you have or who does your magic ball have getting that first pick of the next NBA draft? And which team do you think the league wants to get that pick? Two you know, very different questions. The the percentages may have changed, but I always think the basketball gods are pure with what they want to happen. And for that reason, I think the Houston Rockets are going to end up with the number one pick. They're not pure. As a Knicks fan, I can tell you that's not true. But go ahead. That's unfortunate because I, 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 know, you, I know you're telling the truth. Okay, so it the basketball is. gods, for the most part, when they're not looking at the Knicks, they, they, they have pure intentions. And for that reason, I, I think James Harden leaving the Rockets and forcing his way out the manner that he did, you know, say kind of just really uprooted that franchise in a number of ways. And, and for that, you know, obviously, yeah, I, I think they deserve the number one overall pick, similar to how, you know, the Pelicans just happened to get the number one overall pick after they traded Anthony Davis. Right. Like that. That timeline was kind of crazy. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that it's going to be Houston. Um, but in terms of what what where people think it should go, where where you know I'm saying where the league wants that pick to be, I think the league wants that pick to be in a market where like you know they want to be rejuvenated in a way. And if you can put another number one overall pick next to Cade Cunningham, I think that brings Detroit back. Right? We haven't really spoken about Detroit in 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 a fun or in a good way in a while because they've just been such a dumpster fire for the last few years. But, I mean, Kate Cunningham is showing that he could ball. He's got a relationship with Kevin Durant. They were going back and forth on the court. You add one more, you know what I'm saying, high, even number one overall pick to that mix with him in Detroit, and that's something that builds that franchise back up. And, I mean, look, we, we've said it about, about New York with the Knicks. We say it about most, you know what I'm saying, marquee market franchises Mm -hmm. Uh, but even still with the Pistons I mean that's a city that's a town that's a market that you want to see their their team doing well so you put two two first round picks there I think that that works Detroit used to be a basketball town and I think you know a lot of obviously a lot of just situations in the NBA in terms of the Pistons you know, have made them kind of the butt of everyone's joke, like, oh, the Pistons. and all. Yeah. But we forget, or basketball, you know, current basketball fans, new basketball fans forget, like, that was a basketball city. And when the Pistons are relevant, much like the Knicks and some other teams in the NBA, the league's better. And I mm. want to see the Pistons become a team that, you know, you don't want to have to face. Or you, you kind of look at them and they're the wild card when you have to go into Detroit. I want that rough, tough Detroit basketball. Right. I want that back. That was that was an era. That was, was fun. I miss those days. Lethal, who you, who you think um, is getting that first pick in the next draft? And who do you think the league actually wants to get that first pick in the draft? I agree with Chris. I would love to see it. Uh... Oh, yes. Look at this. My, my <laughs> peers agreeing with me. Things no, because I feel like the Magic have good a great team. It's just they need to get it together. You know what I mean? I, I, as I watch the Magic, it's not it's not like they're missing mad pieces. You know, they're waiting for Markel to come back. 
Um, they have a great player and so like I just feel like they just need to all get it together. Then when you look at the Pelicans, we're waiting for Zion to come back. They got Ingram, they got different pieces there. Like mm. they 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 you know, once everything's back, that can that has the potential to turn. OKC, they have enough picks for 50 years in the first round, so they don't need it. And then the Does Rockets... it have the potential to turn though? Let's go back to the Pelicans real quick. Does it does it really listen? I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna say it because I've been saying it. Do no, it I'm Ash. gonna say it because I've been saying it. And the city of New Orleans came at me crazy, and I don't know why because I love New Orleans. I've been there multiple times. One of my one. best friends got married there. I love the city. But great let's call a space. Oh, Bo incredible D. food I and think incredible we know. people. I think like we the, know they the city's incredible. Food. One of my favorite places in the U.S. But let's let's be honest. The Pelicans have had all of the talent in the world from Anthony Davis going back to when they were the Hornets, Chris Paul, wow. now Zion. They do not know what to do with talent. Tell that them, front Ash. office doesn't know. The coaching staff doesn't know. It's not about the city. The city deserves better because that is a sports town. You see how hard they go for the Saints. But that front office does not know what to do with superstars. They don't know how to build around them. They don't know how to develop them. It's just a travesty what happens. And I feel like the Pelicans almost are a team that a lot of players, if they get drafted there, if they get traded there, they should probably look for another option because mm. it's just there. It's just it's not a team for whatever reason, whatever the inner workings are. I don't know if it's mm -hmm. the owner. I don't know if it's completely the front office. It's just not clicking. And it hasn't clicked for so many years that it has to be something from the top. It just doesn't work. It does Dang. not work there. Ash, Ash trying to catch a body. I'm sorry. I love New Orleans. I love it. And it's frustrating. I love the city. I think they deserve everything in the world for everything they have been through. How the Pelicans are run is not what the city deserves. It's just mm -hmm. not. No, I agree. And they definitely don't deserve that number one pick right now. So like like we were saying, I'm going with the I'm going with the Pistons. Let's 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 load that place up because they deserve it. The Rockets don't need it. The the talent that the Rockets have. Oh, for I sure. think I think once they start getting into a flow, I could be wrong, Man. but I think they're like on like a four game winning streak or a five game, something, something like that. that. Yeah, yeah they've been playing some good basketball. And the one thing we could say about um, the way that they're playing, they're playing team ball. They're having fun. They're running and gunning. They're dunking. They're starting six to look game like winning streak. Jeez. Six games. See, I told you they're Jeez. they're they're, they're starting. I don't know if you guys can watch it because you're on the East Coast and I'm on the West Coast, but like. They're fun to watch. It's like it's like Showtime basketball. You know what I yeah, mean? So yeah, yeah. Um, I think they have potential. But as far as the Pistons, you know, when I watch them, you know, all due respect, I don't see any potential right now because it's just we can't load this up on a kid that just came out. Like, he, you yeah. know, it's crazy that the media tries to slaughter him right now. He's just trying to figure it oh. out as well. Like, who does he look up to on the team to help him? Um, figure it out. So he's gonna have to figure it out for himself. And like you said, he's a he's a, he's a great athlete. I remember, um, I helped him at the academy, and he's a very smart athlete as well. So once he gets a few more games under his belt, you'll see he start putting up some crazy numbers. But if you get another pick there and make some changes, Detroit will definitely head in the right direction because Cade, he's he's the next up. Mm -hmm. Detroit basketball. I wish the Pelicans would get it together. That's a great city, man. And that's a great and they have a great team, guys. Like. On paper, if the Pelicans was, like you said, if they were strict as far, I'm not saying they're not, but if they were strict as far as with the head coach and, a, and the people um, that's, that's working with the players outside of just basketball, if mm. they have the potential and they have the pieces to make that place loud. You know, Zion oh, is, sure. he's, he's a, he's a one-of-a-kind. Those fans are passionate, too. They, those fans want you, those fans want them to win. Not only are they, it's not just the fans, people in general in New Orleans. I mean, yeah. I tell this story all the time real quick before we move on is the first time I ever went to New Orleans, the it's it's rare and this is a true story, I swear. I remember stepping out of the airport and I just felt it. Mm. Like I felt the energy, I felt the history, I felt the culture, like I just felt it in the air and like I literally get goosebumps when I talk about that's how much I love that city. Like walking through it, there's just so much history. And not only that, but I'm so moved by how passionate the people are to be from there and how proud they are from to be from there when they have every reason in the world to just have a chip on their shoulder with, you know, Katrina and a lot of the city still being in disarray from that. And then just constantly getting hit with hurricanes and being forgotten about. I mean, they have every reason in the world to just be... Um, 
you know, cruel and, and, and rigid and, and cynical, and they don't. They're so happy and so proud of New yeah. Orleans and to be from there. And I just want to see them with a team to the level of the Saints in their high day where they won that Super Bowl. Mm. You know, the people of New Orleans deserve that and the Pelicans deserve and should, you know, be in a position to give that to them. So they got to they got to figure it out because how it's been clicking, it hasn't been clicking. And uh-uh. that's really what it is. But we click and we we're a great team. Yeah. And Not that does vibes. it for this edition on three on five. That does do it for this edition of three on five, don't it? You know what I'm saying? That was fun. But we switching things up this week, right? We we not going to the timeline. That was last week's news. This week, we try to hear from you. So we ring it back. This is Get At Me. We want to hear from you. Please let us know what you think. It's time for Get At Me. Get At Me. First things first, Get At Me. This is where we go to Twitter, go on social media. We figure out what you guys want to talk about. And we might certify your take. And we starting this week with Vural Nico. That's viral with a U, V-U-R-A-L, Nico. Uh, his tag is at AK47Nico. Okay, I don't know if he's, a, you know what I'm saying, if he likes assault rifles or if he likes Andre Karolinko. Either way, we <laughs> welcome the energy, you feel me? We, we, we see the vibes. And, and Vural Nico says, Evan Mobley is going to become the first rookie to be on a first-team defense in the NBA. Um, oh, that's a great take. I think, you know what I'm saying, just having watched Evan Mobley, just having watched the Cavaliers a little bit this season, Evan Mobley is the truth. I mean, he can do so much out there on that floor. And if that jump start, that jump shot starts falling consistently, I mean, watch out. Um, just having him on the floor out there, it just his length, his athleticism, I, I wasn't expecting him to be this good defensively. Whether he'll be first team all defense this year, I mean, that's a, a very, very high hurdle. To, to leap in my opinion but the way he's played I, I think it's it's in it's within the realm of possibility what do you guys think um he has the potential to be to in this member just just I'm just saying Lethal's about to politely say you got too much dip on your chip young man <laughs> Fact, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm about to say something like because you know if I say you oh I really think after I saw him block one of these shots the other day, I think he like grabbed the ball out of the air remind me of like mm. Kareem it reminded me of Kareem Abdul Jabbar um, I have to agree with the, uh, you know, with my brother that said they, I don't think this year, but I think he will be one of the um, top defensive enforcers over time in consecutive years. Like this guy, when you watch him, his length, he's not afraid to get dunked on. He runs the floor like the first step to to, to be the best. You have you can't be afraid to get dunked on. And a good example is mm-hmm. that is JaVale McGee, like JaVale McGee plays great defense. He's never afraid to get dunked on. Evan Mobley is just coming out of USC. The defense that he's playing, just like you said, Chris, I'm surprised as well. The only thing he's missing right now, which is normal, first year is a consistent jump shot. But once that jump shot starts falling and his game starts getting the way it's going, I think he's going to be one of the best. I I mean, I absolutely love his body type. I love everything about his game. Him being first team all defense this year, I I don't know. Yeah, that's tough. But do I see it coming in two years and consecutively, like over before he retires, being on a defensive team like six times? Absolutely. Yeah. So is this take certified or not certified? Mm, can we give it like a partial certification? You know what I'm saying? Did he, did he get partial credit? Mm-hmm. Can I give your answer for this? <laughs> I think it's, it's a possibility. Certified. I think it's I think a possibility. <laughs> he might. He, he, he might. Oh, man. We're going to give Nico points for this take. Very smart take. Um, it might be jumping the gun just a little bit, but we do like where your head is at. <whistles> Moving up to the next person. We got my guy, Raymond Morris. Shout out to Raymond. We used to, he, he was an intern at the Daily News for a while. Um, I think that was my first year starting. That was, dang, I'm getting old, y'all. That was, what, mm. three years ago? It's all right, man. See the it's grades right. coming through? That's gross. Well, you man. should have gray hair. That's stress. Bro, the yeah, Nets man. need to stop it. They this stressing man. my man out, man. <laughs> <laughs> my man got gray hair. Kyrie, come back. Look what you're doing to my boy. This take is about to stress me out, too. Raymond says... Julius Randle will end up playing point guard for the Knicks this season. Now I have gray hair. Ashley, you have just entered the chat. Do you certify no. this take? Or no? Okay. no, I hope not. Here's the thing. Mm. Here's the thing. I mean, you okay. guys, you guys need some. I- I'll take any type of change right now. <laughs> Here's the thing. Burks is not a true point guard, Mm-mm. but he's better at this moment in time than Kemba. Mm. I think the second unit point guards work great. D. Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, that's a great one-two duo. 
I think, you know, the Knicks obviously are heavily invested in quickly. I think he's going to be part of this team, you know, future um, the Knicks for a, a while. But any Knicks fan can tell you the offense does not run the best when Julius Randle has the ball in his hand. It's just not where he flourishes. Maybe it was last season when he was the only guy. But now that you have so many other options and the depth of the team is drastically different than last season, it just doesn't flow when Julius is running the offense. And I think that if he ended up playing point guard, it would be a disaster because the goal Mm. of a point guard, a true point guard, I know that we see hybrids, but a true point guard is to run the offense. Mm. You're not really supposed to be worried about shooting the ball. You're not really supposed to be worried about getting the most points up Mm -hmm. day in, day out, night in, night out. Your job is to put everyone in a position around you, those other four guys on the court in a position to succeed. You're out there swishing and dishing, like Clyde would say. You're out there assisting. Julius Randle would not be good in that role because he wants to shoot. He wants to be the one who not only has the ball in his hand, but wants to be the one who also takes the shot. Him playing point guard would not work. That's my take. Sorry, Raymond. It's not going to happen. I agree with you, Ash. I mean, I watched that man play. I watched the ball stick in his hands. You know what I'm saying? Like, he'll catch the ball and then he'll take nine seconds before he takes one dribble. I'm like, bro, what you doing? You got got to move that. Make your decision a little faster than that. I like Julius. You know, I've said on this pod before, I don't think he can be your best player. Me too. Love Julius Randle. I don't think he can be your 1A. Um, I honestly, I don't think he could be your one B. I, I see him as that third star on a, on a championship team, right? If you want to be a really good team, maybe he could be your second star. Um, but point guard Randall, I think that's just a recipe for disaster. Um, yeah, I agree one hundred percent. I love his game. Once again, um, <laughs> it was because the ball was in his hand so much he was able to be in rhythm. You know, the best players can play um, not holding the ball so long, and that's why I say with the Memphis Grizzlies. They're probably getting off because I love Jaw. Jaw plays team basketball, but the superstar wasn't there, and and that's how it is right now, with 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 uh, with him as well. Like I just feel like I love him, but I don't think he plays well with a lot of great players around him. It's like if the guys aren't as good, he can get off, you know. But mm. if he makes that turn, like you guys are saying, okay, I ca- I catch the ball, jab series, jab series. It's not there. I give it up. And then once I give it up, I don't just stand in the space of the other teammates. I space, I space out. Once I space out, if I didn't get the ball, I don't just stand there because I don't have the ball. I move around. I it's like it's like with the Knicks when certain guys don't have the ball, they just clog everything up. You know what I mean? Which is what I I hate. I Mm. wish they would run more of a motion offense. Right, and I feel like I feel like with this team, if he was, you're gonna think I'm crazy. He him running the point wouldn't be bad if he understood when I bring the ball up, if I see some lane, I go, but I'm not going for me. I'm going to kick. Now, yeah. when he, when he brings the ball up, he can initiate the offense, but when he initiates it, that does not mean just go down and try to post up because right. what happens is when the other teammates get it, they can't even make a read to go because he's there. Not saying he's the reason why they're losing. I'm just saying if they space him out more moved him around a little bit more and not had him on a block so much and maybe moving around, he catches re uh take his time, take his time, and then go, or take his time, take his time, give it up, space back out. Actually, I ser- I seriously think it could. That would that would require But you're you're asking Mm-mm. someone to change their mannerisms and to change their character as a player overnight. And yeah, because work. remember, we like you said, you didn't have Kimba, you didn't have the other different pieces around Mm-mm. that are actually good players now. They no disrespect to those guys that were there before. They weren't like the caliber players that you guys have now, and they didn't have the confidence that they have now. So now, when he's probably doing certain stuff, they're probably like, "Man, what the fuck?" Like, like, yeah, listen, the, like, you know what I mean? Being, being a point guard is is a selfless position, and because mm. it's not about you, it's about the betterment of the team, right. and. That's why I could never play point because I'm selfish. I want to shoot. You like I shoot. want the points. You know, I wanted to be. I I want front be front and center. I'm trying to you know get buckets. You have to look at like if you look at a real point guard like Kyle Lowry for example, he's not interested in getting buckets. What he's interested in is making sure everyone around him is in a position to do it. Now, if he has to, he will. Mm-hmm. But if you watch that. After he puts his guys in a position to win, his brain's already on the next play, the next possession. Julius is not that player. Julius is in the moment. He wants to go ahead and drive it. He wants to get gully. He wants to get aggressive. Sometimes he's a little bit, 
you know, he gets into his own head and if a play doesn't go his way, he doesn't get up to the, he doesn't fast break fast enough, you know, things like that. He doesn't have the mentality to be a point guard because he wants to be that guy. And Mm. you can't want to be that guy and want to be a point guard. They're just two opposite ideologies and you can never mesh the two. Yep. And that it just wouldn't work. So I think with the right person talking to him, I'm not saying Tibbs isn't the right person and the front office isn't the right person, but I think if he just did, we just spoke about right there, the, the garden would be insane. Imagine oh, him coming sure. down full speed, full throttle, which he's a he's like LeBron. He's yeah. a big dude. OK, don't get dude. it messed up. Yeah. Imagine yeah. him coming down full throttle. Mm-hmm. Soon as the uh, help side comes, instead of trying to just go through him, imagine him kicking it to RJ, he shoots it. Now, uh, now in the next possession, he comes down. The the guy steps up. He kicks it to RJ. That guy comes up. But RJ goes baseline, kicks it to Kimba, swings it to Obi, swings it back to Randolph. He drives again to pass it back to Kimba for three. But th- what could happen is, all due respect, once he gets it again and goes, he's going. Yeah. He's going. Yeah. Exactly. But imagine if they were just saying, all right, we're going we're gonna to move this thing. We're going to do that. They have the pieces. They have the slashers. They have the young talent that could jump. They have the young defenders. They have everything they need. It's just everybody's not on the same page. One thing that we've seen from from Tom Thibodeau is, you know, he's not the most creative offensive mind. Don't get any ideas, Tibbs. Move it along, Christian. Move it along. (laughs) Before I move it along, just a friendly reminder that your New York Knicks are currently 11 and 12. And if the playoffs started today, they would not be in the mix for a play-in game. Okay, that's um, cool. Move it along, Christian. Move it along. Moving next. <laughs> shout out to Raymond Mora. I, I think we all realize we, we're not certifying that Randall as the yeah, point guard of the Knicks take. It's not certified. Coming up next, we got a take from Paul at BCY Paul, P-A-U-L. The Timberwolves will make the playoffs. What? Yeah, that's what he said. I, I guess the I guess maybe he's talking about like as a playing game. Um, but I think yeah. he's talking about pass a play-in. Uh, maybe, maybe he thinks they're going to actually win a play-in game and then actually get into the actual playoff mix. I mean, look, I, 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 I'm just going to come I'm out Beyonce. and not certify this. This is not take. actually I, that you're talking to on this podcast. Yeah, this is I Beyonce Janelle's Carter. I, you are, you're <laughs> insane. Number one. Number two, you know, I, I do like the Timberwolves. I love Anthony Edwards. I think just the energy. I think he single-handedly has reinvigorated that franchise, right? But I still think there's, they have a ways to go before they can actually lay claim to a real-life playoff seed. Um, I don't think they're there yet. You know, I think I think Kat is, is great, obviously. I like D'Angelo Russell. The Ant is there. Um, but I, I just look at the rest of the West. I look at teams that I think are underperforming that are going to be better as time goes on. I look at the teams that are really, really good right now. And uh, for the Timberwolves to actually make it into the play, and they would have to beat a, a quality opponent. And I, I don't think I've seen enough of that from them this year. Uh, I honestly don't think it's in their bag. So um, sorry, Paul. I'm not going to certify this tape, but maybe one of my co-hosts will. I'm not certifying it. I'm not going to certify not. that one just yet. Um, I, I, would say, sorry, I would say in about about three years, they've been in playoffs. Three years, Lethal? A lot can happen in the three years. Two years. Right. You know why? Because because Anthony Edwards, he's 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 a selfless player. He's a selfless player. So I'll say two years that they're in the playoffs. Should the Timberwolves blow it up and only keep Anthony Edwards and just get as much else as they can and build around him? I, 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 Ashley? <laughs> <laughs> Leave I like, would say, in, please. I would say, I oh, would man. say, truthfully, I would say this would be the determining season. I think okay. that. All right, I'll go with that. You give this you. season an opportunity to cook. I think you finally have all your guys healthy. Obviously, it's still early. I think if it does not work this season, you don't see any signs of life. You don't see any realm of a future of a possibility for anything more than what it is at this moment in time. Blow it up before it's too late. Mm. I hate when teams drag their feet on blowing up a team because they keep trying to wait for something to happen when they've already kind of seen what the team is going to look like consistently. Yeah, you may win a couple of extra games here and there. You may get lucky and slide into a a higher seed here or there, but the team's never going to be what you want it to be. It just is what it is. Blow it up before it's too late. Those guys are still really young. You can get a high value for them if you do trade them for other guys, things like that. You know, just blow it up. You don't have to sit on it and wait. You, you kind of already, the the proof is in the pudding. You know, the writing's on the wall. It's just a matter of whether or not the Timberwolves and A-Rod and the whole squad want to go ahead and believe what they're seeing 
or they want to hold out hope and and pretend that things are going to be different. That's Listen, Minnesota, you could either blow it up now or you could be the trailblazers in a couple of years. You could be a team Yikes. that has a bunch of pieces and that's never going to get where they want to be. Unfortunately. Wow. What do you what what life do you want to do you want the red pill or or do you want the blue pill? You know and what I'm saying? And on that note, <laughs> That does it. That should do it for Get At Me, right? I think we've... Sorry, Paul. We ain't certifying your take. Before we end the show, it's my time of the segment. And you know what they say. Don't count your chickens before they get buckets. Once again. <laughs> Yo, Josh with the... Josh, with the... <laughs> Josh does it again. Makes me look bad. Don't That's count right. your it's chickens. It's the certified bucket of the week. Verified with our stamp of approval. It's the certified bucket of the week. Guys, I gotta go. I gotta go with Darius Garland. Um, the one thing we can say about the Cavs, mm. we did not expect the Cavs to be doing what they're doing right now. Um, Ooh. I've watched I've watched Darius because my guy Jamal has trained him since college. So he told me about him and I saw him and I, you know, I was like, Yeah, he's really, really good. But seeing what he's doing now, like this is this is scary because like he's giving me like I'm not saying he's him. But he's giving me like that 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 Steph type shift, how he's able oh. to shift and get like if you watch his game, he's very shifty and he catches you off guard. He understands rhythm and he understands how yeah. low to be. And he and the one thing about it, he has a lethal jump. His jump shot is beautiful, you know. And I, I just, and lethal another, shooter just called another man's jump shot lethal. That is like Beyonce is saying praise. you can dance or can sing. That's high praise. <laughs> another thing we can agree on, especially with Ashley loves. He passes the ball. You know what I mean? He's he's looking, he's looking to get his teammates off. And that's the one thing we can say as as a young player, not just looking to score every single possession, but help his teammates win games. And if you watch him, his passion, he's screaming, he's happy. And most importantly, he's playing hard-nosed defense. So shout out to Darius. And most importantly, shout out to the Cavs because they're proving everybody wrong that doubted them, not saying they're going to do this all season, but they're showing small spurts that the potential is there in the future. The Cavs can be up to something. Yeah, you know, first and foremost, Jared Allen, all-star ballot. Book it. Jared Allen's going to be an all-star this year. Shout-outs to him. Um, second, and speaking of, of kind of the Nets, Darius Garland came into Brooklyn. I'm not sure how many games this was after uh, Colin Sexton got hurt, but I knew Darius Garland was a starter. And, and I had tweeted it, and I said it that night, you know, that was, a, was an inefficient night for him, but I was just seeing how he was creating his shots. And I was seeing, like, they weren't going in, but I was like, yo, this is him missing these shots, right? The Nets aren't forcing him to miss. He just happens to be missing a lot of these shots. I'm like, yo, I think Shifty is the right. I, I, I kind of would probably stop short of the comparison to stuff that you made. But Shifty for sure, you know, and, and the way he's able to get just create space for himself. But I apologize, Steph Curry. The next Steph Curry <laughs> is no Steph Curry. You're one of one. So one let, of me, one. let me let me let me let me just take that out right there. Quick. I apologize. <laughs> Thank you, Chris, for hump for I was just No, nah, you good, bro. No, nah, but I, I I'm I'm I agree with you. I like I like Darius Garland a lot. Um uh, especially like he's been able to ratchet up his scoring without Colin Sexton in there. Um I, I'm I'm curious to see what he's if he's able to do this for an entire season, right? Because if he can uh, you start to see what you got in Cleveland. Cleveland's starting to build something, man. For sure. Yeah. No, I definitely, I definitely agree with all of that. But they're also building something out west, and that's why my certified bucket of the week goes to Donovan Mitchell, aka mm -hmm. Spider, aka the future New York Nick. Yep, I'm saying it. <laughs> Listen. Listen. Thirty-five points versus the Cavs. Um, 34 points versus the Celtics. Obviously, those games were Sunday and Friday of last week. He's balling. And I say this all the time. The league is better when Donovan Mitchell is healthy and he's mm -hmm. playing basketball. I think we drastically missed him in the postseason last year. It wasn't the same without him. I say it all the time. That would have been a different series had he been there. Mm. Um, and, you know, health permitting, I think this is going to be the year we see him take that next step that we're always talking about. We always mm -hmm. say, what's the next step of next step of Donovan Mitchell? When's he going to take that next step in his game? I think this just might be the year. I think the West being wide open has allowed other players to kind of get their moment in the sun mm -hmm. and more more eyes are focused on them than ever before because you don't have, you know, the Lakers and the Clippers, you know, still in all that attention because they don't have their big names and their big names, you know, in terms of the Lakers are, you know, up and down and LeBron's missing games and, you know, Westbrook's breaking it up and there's just a lot of chaos. 
it's kind of forced you to look at other teams in the West. You're looking at, you know, the Warriors have always been there, but you're you're paying more close attention to the Suns. You're paying more close attention to the Grizzlies and the Jazz. And I I love it. I love having, you know, fresh faces in the West and in the conversation. So shout out to Spida and the whole Jazz squad. And, and shout out to the Memphis Grizzlies. Don't forget, as you mm-hmm. said, they're going to finish in the West. They are. F- top four. That's funny. That's hilarious because that's where my certified bucket of the week goes. I'm not giving it to any one player. You guys remember when uh, the Eastern Conference players of the month or players of the week were the entire starting five for the Atlanta Hawks that one year? Um, I'm I'm doing something similar. We're not doing the entire starting five of the Memphis Grizzlies, but we are giving my certified bucket of the week to Taylor Jenkins. That man can coach. That man is proven that just because John Morant goes down, the Grizzlies ain't going down with them. They are actually going to stay afloat. They might not be a top four seed, but it's kind of like the Knicks being top four last year, right? It was a mirage. It wasn't really real. I, I think the, the the Grizzlies are going to finish why around six. Why, 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 why did you why did you have to do that to her? Like, right. like we get I, it. I'm we just get spitting it. facts. Why did I get brought into it? Why did you have to do that? She was chilling. Am I making these things up? I don't know. I'm I just happen to have the standings in front of me, and I see the. But if I start talking about Kyrie. You can I'm talk wrong, about right? Kyrie, but you also got to say the Nets are the number one seed in the East. Right, and, and, and the Knicks look like they're below that line of whatever. demarcation for a play-in game right Move on. now. It's only Either December. way, no, but, no shout out to Taylor Jenkins. You know what I'm saying? Great coach. Um, honestly, he might be in the mix for coach of the year. If the Grizzlies are able to keep up this level of winning and, and you're seeing them right next to the Utah Jazz, the Phoenix Suns, the Warriors, and there's no John Morant for a strong chunk of the season— Got to give him credit, man. That's where my certified bucket goes. How many games did they win in a row? Five in a row, something like that? Give them, give them, they get my certified. Where the game ball at? That goes to Taylor Jenkins. <laughs> All right, guys. So that is a wrap for this episode of Certified Buckets. Make sure you do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button, rate five stars, and drop a review if you're listening on Apple. And don't forget to shoot your shot on social media at Certified Buckets. Mm-hmm. No vowels in the word buckets. And we are on all social media platforms. We want to hear from you. And if you come correct, you might just hear your comments on our next show. All right, fellas, any final thoughts? Hey, listen, we, we a versatile squad, you feel me? This is an AM recording. They don't know the pain. We got up. <laughs> oh, we we up 8.30. You know what I'm saying? We were like, at 8.30. Man, up before we got 8:30. flights. I, I was we up at 4.30. 4.30 oh, who was up at 4.30, Lethal? Absolutely. But the Getting one jump thing, shots up? We, 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 we love the game. So if I had to wake up at 2 in the morning to talk sports with you two, man, I'm going to wake up. Oh, look at you. Lethal always finds a way to make our Sweet hearts warm, talker. bro, man. Like, love it. it. Well, we also love you guys, and we appreciate you, as always, for listening. Until next week. We out. Peace. Peace.